out more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. The 2-2. Marte. Strike three called. And the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. For the first time in franchise history, the Texas Rangers are indeed World Series champions. And it reminded me of the look on Nolan Ryan's face, uh, I guess, in one of the San Francisco Giants-Texas Rangers World Series clashes a few years back, that then the Rangers came to within a strike, just one strike away from a World Series. Giants wound up coming back, winning the game, winning the World Series the next night. It had to wait until 2023. And of course, it's one of the highlights in a big week for sport. We've been talking on this show a lot about how it's the only 7- to 10-day period of the year in which all five major North American leagues are operating at the same time, playing games that matter. And Monday was a very unique uh, sports equinox in that there were games for all five major North American leagues on the same day, of course, headlined by Monday Night Football and that World Series game as well. And you've uh, um, uh, got nine times. This is the ninth time it happened with all five leagues and the 30th time it's happened with the big four. That's how busy a week it was in the world of sport. And because of that busy week in the business of sport. And also for you rugby fans, uh, it also was a week in which the rugby world cup in France ended um, after basically six weeks of play. I, think it's too long at six weeks. I think it's really hard to keep viewers. But congratulations to the Springboks of South Africa defeating the All Blacks of New Zealand in that uh, Rugby World Cup uh, championship match last weekend in Paris. We've got Rick Horro, the sport professor, doing a stretching exercise as he's coming to you right after this look at some franchises worth 10 figures. The Billion Dollar Club. So the Texas Rangers, obviously, like all Major League Baseball teams, are in the billion-dollar club. Their value going into this season, according to Forbes magazine, was $2.225 billion. Ray Davis is the owner of the Texas Rangers. He purchased them for $593 million U.S. in 2010, thanks to driving... $366 $366 million in revenues a year in recent years and an operating surplus of $58 million. On an average payroll of the last few years of $165 million, Davis has seen his investment grow by fourfold. It's quadrupled in the last 12 years. And of course, they've also invested in Globe Life Field, billion project there, uh, which is where, of course, the uh, Texas Rangers will continue and be back in April as defending World Series champions. Rick Horro, of course, a student of the World Series, a student of all sports. He is the sports prof. He's the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University. Uh, Your quick headline on the Texas Rangers taking out the Arizona Diamondbacks in the least watched World Series in American television history. Uh, your thoughts? Three quick comments. One is don't underemphasize, I know you talked about it, the impact of what Globe Life has done to the value of the Rangers as well. 
we're doing for television a special on Dallas facilities and what they've meant, including the Globe Life facility and AT&T and some of the other stuff that happens in the Metroplex. And uh, obviously, this was a stadium, right, that was done by Major League Baseball's selection validated of the first uh, COVID World Series between the Dodgers uh, and the Rays four years ago when they realized that was the opening year. They didn't get the benefit of the full crowds, but it's sports safety post-COVID, so let's do it. So that's number one. You know, number two is uh, I would say that the uh, least watched only tells half the story because it's the first time the uh, Chicago, New York, or L.A. teams uh, have not been in at least the semis in 14 years. So you can't have it both ways. You can either have delightful stories that kind of come out of the woodwork that nobody expects, or you have big market teams that everybody's bored with. And so, obviously, the fans have spoken. Uh, there's not enough critical mass to get people excited about the Rangers and the, and the Diamondbacks. But it was an interesting competitive series, at least the early part of it. Then they hit the wall. And then finally, you know, your Equinox comment is really good, except the one sport that, uh, that uh, you know, you're avoiding – well, you got NASCAR, obviously, that's happening as well. But I'm here at the Timber Tech uh, tournament, which is the semifinal of what is the senior champ equivalent of the FedEx Cup, called the Schwab Cup, for all of these, you know, for you, the Mike Weir golfers, for us, the Steve Stricker golfers. And it is amazing that we have golf yet in the middle of this, and then they finish uh, their set of tournaments in Phoenix uh, next week. Just thought you ought to know. That's why they call him the sports professor. He's Rick Coral here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, Rick, just back to the World Series for a moment as we assess uh, uh, with our final thoughts for, for another year. Uh, two things that the TV ratings were absolutely savaged by. One the fact that it didn't get past Game 5. You and I both know Game 6 is when casual sports fans really start to flock, and Game 7 is destination television because you know you're going to see a winner at the end of the game. It's worth the payoff. It's worth the investment of time. The other thing is 10 to 1 and 11 to 1 routes, uh, 9 to 1 uh, for the Diamondbacks, to, uh, 11 to 1 I think it was for the, for the Rangers, uh, especially third inning, Five nothing, ten nothing deficits. That's ratings buzzkiller, isn't it? Yeah, and they need to change the scoring system. I, I think it needs to be football format. So if you score a run, it's <laughs> worth like a, either a field goal or a touchdown. Yeah, uh, okay. you know you can't you can't predict that. But one of the things that I said, and I think is validated, is you didn't know what you were going to get. You got two great storylines. You know, you got a, a great uh, Cy Young candidate pitcher for the Diamondbacks to kind of hit a wall in September. And he did not hit a wall in game five. He was an amazing five-inning pitcher, five and a half. And then, you know, you got, you got the Rangers. The bullpens behaved sporadically. The early games were amazing as far as, you know, pitchers that are supposed to hold leads didn't. And it, it, it's a very well-put ravaged. But on the other hand, let's take a global view of baseball. Rob Manfred would want us to. Quicker games, higher season ratings. Younger fans, avid fans, uh, playoff hunts. You know, your, your Blue Jays, they will remember disappointments, but we have a playoff team, and we have other teams that are playoff teams. The Twins don't remember the season well, but it was, you know, the first time they had won uh, one game, let alone two, in the last 900 years of playoff baseball. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of, of half 
full pieces of this, notwithstanding Marinick's continual cynical, half-empty positioning of things. <laughs> We're talking to the sports professor, Rick Coro. <laughs> hey, Rick, uh, uh, I agree uh, just to put it out there, I agree with those who think that there's a structural issue here in terms of scheduling. And I do think yeah. that the uh, Major League Baseball would be much better off starting with games one and two on Tuesday, Wednesday, so then they can go the weekend, but then finish off yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, clear of uh, NFL uh, football. And I, I think that would, would make a difference as well in terms of available audience. Well, I think so, but it's also, you know, the, the finishing date is always up in the air. The start date is not five, six, or seven games, or four for that matter. And there's another structural conversation I've had with someone who was very high in baseball for many years. I had a chance to have lunch with him yesterday, and he said, we, we need to figure out how to go back to 154, best of three, best of, best of five best of seven, best of seven, best of seven, and not have these two out of three, you know, either starting at home and then going to one other, other way or the other way. It, uh, it minimizes, there's a lot of letdown for teams that play tremendously and then lose two games and it's done. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't make excuses. But look at the Orioles, look at, you know, you guys. Uh, there's never a right answer. But if you uh, look at some of the, uh, meaningless games. I've, economically, I think we'd all agree that if you had uh, eight more games to play um, because you've saved and you've gone back to 154, uh, the profitable way to do the eight games is not games 154 to 162, but uh, tack them on to the end of what are now short series. Uh, we've got you for another 90 seconds. We're going to make the most of it by asking you about Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs at Deutsche Bank Stadium in Frankfurt, Germany. First NFL football in Frankfurt since 2007 when NFL Europe uh, uh, disbanded. Uh, your thoughts as to the NFL being more aggressive than ever in the European marketing, obviously eye on Mexico as well, and how rich a market Germany might be, maybe even richer than the UK market. When you look at the fan avidity studies, my friend, you see that there are 11 million casual fans in Britain, but not that many less in Germany. And because of the expats, you have uh, avid uh, fans of uh, American uh, NFL uh, in uh, you know Frankfurt, in 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 Munich, in 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 Rhine, the Rhine Fire, remember Dusseldorf, yeah. and, and all of those cities are important for Germany. But we also uh, have avid fans in in Britain. So is this the beginning of a rivalry where you have multiple games in both of those countries? Maybe we'll have to see. I mean, the first one of the proof of concept is Germany is when the you know Dolphins either come from behind or keep a stout lead throughout the game. And make the Chiefs look like ordinary personnel as the Dolphins continue their meteoric rise to the Super Bowl. You heard it here. <laughs> we love hearing it here. Thanks so much, Rick. Enjoy uh, uh, NFL Sunday. Enjoy that uh, uh, Frankfurt uh, match between your Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll check in with you again next week. You got it, sir. Bye. He is Rick Horo, the sport professor, the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University. Next up, we talk about the World Series and NFL football and Connor Bedard from a collectibles perspective. Our trading card expert, Ken Richardson of Pastime Sports and Games, joins us next right here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet 
Radio Network.